Greetings, heathens and heretics, and welcome to another beer-fueled heavy metal waffle fest. Um, although no Padre this week, so probably a little bit less waffle than usual. Uh, instead, we've got a couple of new faces to the podcast. Um, Nigel and Heather, who are joining us to talk about their new drastastic project, Chupacabra. Am I pronouncing that right? Chupacabra, yes. Chupacabra, yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah. Um, yeah, and in typical In the Abyss fashion, I'm sure there'll be plenty of other tangent-based nonsense going on as well, but... Let's let's see what happens. Um, welcome both to. Thank you. As I thank say to everyone yeah. else, two hours of your life you're never going to get back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and thank you for uh, for coming on and cheers to a Friday evening. Cheers. Friday, thank you for having us. It's been a rough week. Out of a, are you drinking out of a jar? He's very posh. Well, <laughs> actually, I got this from like a metal bar. This is going to sound really fucking knobby, but I got this from <laughs> from a metal bar in Chicago. About 10 years ago, I went to this metal bar and I was like, fucking no, it was such a cool place. And I had such a cool night that um, they were selling glasses. And I was like, I bought a couple of them. So oh, yeah. you didn't steal it then, in true <laughs> pretty style. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone steals them normally, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Who buys pint glasses? <laughs> I should have seen it. Or pint jars for that matter. And it, and it looks a little bit cloudy, what you're drinking. What is it? Well, I got this. Um, it is... I got this free load of beer on this subscription thing. And most of it was horrible. I've got a few. I got a few IPAs that were quite nice, so I'm drinking this, which is New England IPA from the Garden Brewery in Barcelona. It looks like the, um, the, looks like the old ITV Channel Four test card that used that to was, get to um, the TV. That's, that's one Mondrian. for the kids. It's Mondrian, isn't it? It's what? Mondrian. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Art reference. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right. Should know that. Um, anyway, we've got you on here to talk about about your uh, your EP that's about to drop, uh, Forty Five with Ashes, three track EP. Um, we love it; it's, it's an absolute fucking ripper. And from what I've been seeing on social media, I think most people have got a similar opinion. So you've got to be pleased with the initial reaction to the single you've dropped. Loving it, yeah, it's been awesome actually. Getting a lot of love, which is just amazing. Uh, considering it was like a really sort of little project that we did, it we weren't. I mean, if you it hasn't been released for a couple of years we did it in Nigel's bedroom it's just really about us really it wasn't really meant to be we didn't expect any of this so it's great it's no. really great that people are digging it how that's do you the, feel Nigel? yeah I mean, that's the weird thing right because I was expecting it to be I was expecting you know a few kind of closer twitter contacts to to be like oh yeah you know well done Nigel it's really good but it actually it went way broader than that and had so many people loved saying oh it's great and blah 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 yeah. from people I didn't really know and then it's been on various radio. You know, it's got quite a lot of radio play. Admittedly, just like small localish stuff. But, you know, there's that, and then of course there's the tie up with DX Ferris and the Slayer book and so on. So it's just kind of yeah, it's just kind of gone already gone way beyond where we ever thought it would, just from one single having dropping. You know, so yeah, yeah. It's, 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 awesome, it? it's really cool. So go on. <laughs> it's um. I was <laughs> oh, just going to interrupt each other all night. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Sorry. That's right. Um, yeah, look, so the single you dropped, um, Burn the Clowns, is that's the impression that we get listening to it is it's uh, it, it has a it has a target. Let's let's say that. And uh, and it's it's somewhat pissed off. So. <laughs> so, yeah, what what is it? What is it about? Is it about what I think it's about? It's not the target isn't men, if that's what you're coming away with. Not so much men. No, but yeah, no, the target is the system. Yeah. The target is, it's my kind of 
And this is the strange thing, because it's just all my angst, really, just coming out. I don't really kind of set out to write a song about a thing. Like, I, I just kind of ad-lib stuff and stuff comes out. And, and that's just kind of what came out on the day. And it's kind of ended up... I have this kind of deep-seated resentment about the imbalance of society. It is feminism, but it's not against men. I, I love men. Most of my favourite people are men. Um, <laughs> but the problem with... Uh, and, you know, patriarchy fucks up men just as much as does women, you know. The, the problem this, is the yeah, system, the construct. True. In fact, I think it's probably actually worse for men than it is women in a lot of ways. You know, yeah, um, that's a fair point. I've never, I've never heard anybody say that. I mean, yeah, I don't want to get dark on you, but I think there's a lot of really, really big consequences for men from this whole, oh, you know, the strong man image and all this sort of stuff. It's really unhealthy, isn't it? Nice. Um, and in politics, it's just awful. Um, and that out of mind, I'm going to move these dogs. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think is it the first. Do- these are the first dogs we've had on this podcast. I think we've had cats, but we haven't had dogs. They're play fighting on the floor. Um, so, yeah, and, and the, the effect it has on politics is, is an out of balanceness. You've got a lot of kind of ego. You've got a lot of kind of, I don't know. And it seems to me if we had a, a balanced society where you had feminine energies and male energies as well, we'd be a lot better off. So the song is kind of like, it's all fucked. Fuck the whole thing. Pull up a chair and just watch them burn themselves to the ground. So Burn the Clowns is like, they're all a bunch of clowns just fucking... Let's roll one and watch them burn themselves to shit. <laughs> and that's the that's the anger. It's like, oh, just fuck it. It's fucked. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's what came out. That was the vibe behind it. And like I say, I didn't I didn't intend it to be about that. It just kind of just ended up that way. Like with a lot of my songs. If I try and write it about a thing, it, it just I can't do it. And it, it'll be shit if I try to do that. Yeah, the, the best the best one's always going to be something that comes naturally, isn't it? It's, yeah. You know, don't don't try too hard, kind of thing. Exactly. So it'll generally when I'm when I'm in that process, I just I just make up sounds really, and then words sort of start coming out, and it kind of crystallizes into something. And then I realise what I'm singing about, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's about this, and it's kind of connected with something in there that I'm pissed about usually. <laughs> and that man there comes up with the riffs to go with it. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of it was kind of interesting because just to give you a bit of background, so now Heather has become a pretty seasoned sort of front woman and, and lead vocalist but this EP or the, you know, these three songs were the first songs that she had ever sung lead vocals on so mm. I knew her as a bass player so we were we'd been in a band sort of pre-COVID that was more of a kind of a doom stonery metal thing um called Witch W-Y-T-C-H of and course yeah had a very yeah we had a very um <laughs> We had like a very Sabbathy singer, so the whole vibe of the of the music and everything was was very doomy and, and Sabbathy. Kind of imploded shortly before COVID, and and you know obviously nobody was doing anything. Um, but anyway, the thing the thing about Heather was that, that Heather and I had, after that band had imploded, Heather and I had started to try and kind of look get something else off the ground, and Heather had done a little bit of vocals in that. Um, yeah, and I remember thinking, fucking hell, you know. So, you know, that sounds really good. But anyway, so when when I'd started writing these riffs and so on, after a while, I was like, because I was originally going to do it all myself, sort of Hellripper style. But the big difference between, well, apart from the fact he's fucking brilliant, the big difference, the, the big difference between me and James is that James has got fucking killer vocals as well, whereas I'm <laughs> the worst, I'm like the worst singer in the entire fucking world. You know, I can't do... Dickinson style singing. I can't do Cookie Monster style singing. I can't do thrash kind of shouting. I can't do any of it. So there was this kind of elephant in the room. I was like, well, at some point I'm going to have to 
I'm either going to do it myself, which I knew would just ruin it, or get somebody else. And I was like, oh, fucking Heather sounded good. So, yeah, I, I got in touch with Heather after like a year or so, you know. And um, I said, hey, do you want to do lead vocals on this thing I'm doing? And Heather was um, kind enough to say, well, yeah, you know, I'll give it a go. But, you know, I've never done lead vocals before and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, no, it's going, to be, look, it's going to be better than what I can do. So let's give it a go. And I remember she sent through. I think no, hang it, on. That's not what I said, is it, Nigel? I was like, holy shit. I hadn't seen you for a year and you've just popped up out of nowhere and you've like literally you went to ground for a year. I didn't, didn't see him, didn't speak. No one saw him. He was just gone. All right. It was lockdown. A lot of people were just gone, but he was just like completely vanished in, into thin air. And then a year later, he comes out with an entire thrash album and he's like, Oh, you know, do you want to, do you want to have a listen to this? If you want to do something with it, listen to it. I was like, fucking holy shit. This is amazing. That's what you've been doing for this whole year. I was like, yeah, fucking right. I do. This is killer. Like I was so impressed by it. It's um, but I was like, oh, you know, but you sure? Because this is fucking, this is amazing, and I've not done lead before. I'll give it a go. See what you think. So that's that's what I said. Yeah, you're okay. You're okay. But, yeah, that put you right. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember. That's very kind of you. But I remember um, you sent through. I think it was the verse of "Burn the Clowns," and you were like, oh, well, I've had this. I, I've, you know, see what you think. And it was literally just Heather yelling into her phone with with the music playing in the background. And she goes, look, it, it sounds really shit, but see what you think. And I won't be offended if you think it's crap, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was just listening to it. And, I was just, and it was pretty much as you hear it on the, you know, as you hear it on the on the single. I was just like, fucking hell, this is amazing. <laughs> and don't forget, I'd never heard Heather do lead vocals before. So I was, I guess I was a bit like, I wonder what it's going to sound like. And it was like, fucking hell, this sounds incredible. So, yeah, it was all on from there, really. Um, and I think, I think it sounds... Yeah, I'm just so I'm so happy with I'm really happy with how it sounds because I think it has one foot, you know, the music is very much one foot in the sort of thrash, old school thrash, which is obviously where I'm coming from. Yeah. But I think with Heather's input as well, that's kind of brought it slightly sounding more modern and more fresh. So it doesn't just sound, I don't think it sounds just like a, you know, I think if it had just been me doing it, it would have just sounded like a sort of a poor rip-off of old 80s thrash whereas i think with heather's vocals it's just brought it more modern and more fresh which i think is kind of pretty cool yeah i mean for, i mean for me that chorus how it sort of <laughs> saves into the chorus i, I really wasn't expecting that it, it comes it, it almost comes out from a very different angle um and i think that balance with with the vocals kind of i don't say it took me out of it it took me sort of sideways almost to down a different route oh interesting so, yeah I wonder if that's what it is that maybe it's kind of it was it was going along like you'd expect a normal old school thrash song to go and then suddenly it takes a bit of a left turn you're like oh okay yeah the chorus is almost it's almost a bit hardcore-ish because the way you deliver it is is like proper in your face and proper aggressive but mm. it's, it's a different pace to the rest of the track and it just it's just so much more in your face it's yeah I, I'm, I'm with that it does it kind of comes comes sideways a little bit it comes out of nowhere oh that's interesting that is interesting, yeah. There's quite a lot of, I think, as Heather said, so I basically, we've got 11, we've got 11 songs written into, like the music's done. Um, I think a couple of them probably aren't quite up to scratch, so let's say nine. So we've still got six left to do. And I think a lot of them probably do a, they're not all exactly the same, obviously, but I think a lot of them have those sort of tempo change, quite sudden tempo changes and and little bursts of melody here and there. It's not just kind of a hundred miles an hour all the time. 
Most, I mean, most of it is to be fair. Most of it yeah. is to be fair. But yeah, that change of tempo that's in that's in the chorus of Burn the Clowns, I think is I think that's quite effective anyway. And so that, that, like, yeah. that pops in a lot of it. it's it's important. It's important to have that change of tempo. We've talked about it quite a lot on here, especially when we're talking about death metal, is that you know, if, if it's just a million miles an hour, it, you get bored of it really quickly. You need that bit of change of pace, a breakdown here and there, even a bit of a chorus and a bit of a hook. You've got to have it, otherwise people yeah. will lose interest. Totally well, agree. And I would lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be, yeah. It just becomes just monotonous, doesn't it? If it's all the same all the yeah. way through. So, yeah, I like a bit of, like, change it up. Make it so, it, yeah, I mean, it's why I can never really fully get into, like, grindcore stuff, you know, because to me that's sort of... I guess it's obviously they started from a point of view of doing what Slayer were doing, but then kind of doubling the tempo again. Yeah, I yeah. just think by doubling the tempo, for me, you know, I'm not saying that that music's crap at all. It's just that for me, then it just becomes, I'm going to sound like my mother now, but that just then becomes, it sounds like a noise. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just noise, Nigel. It's just noise. I can't yeah. hear what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. can't understand the lyrics or anything. <laughs> my, dear, my dear old mum but yeah so so for me when i hear grindcore some well some grindcore you know i hear just a kind of a big blur whereas for me it has to be so yeah. has to be hooks and grooves and not necessarily melody but but i think there is melody in a lot of there's there's a lot of melody in slayer even the really fast oh, yeah yeah there is. Really there fast, is you know it's not just monotonous you know it's it's dynamic so that's why that's the key for me it has to be dynamic Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So what? Um, so what is the two of you then? I mean, what is your musical background then? As you say, you you two were in a band together before, but have you been doing this sort of for years, or is this something fairly new? Or no, oh, I've been. Yeah, writing, too long. yeah. <laughs> I've been writing. I've been writing songs and riffs and shit for years and years and years. You know, and been in a couple of bands that sort of. Well, never really know whether you how close you are to making it but i was in like an it wasn't a metal band it was kind of a it was a pretty sort of heavyish indie rock band i guess about 20 years ago which i joined and we had like for about six months we had like some label interest and we did a italian and or like a northern europe italian and slovenian and whatever tour so we played some dates over there and we played, we, we supported a bunch of bands that were pretty big, like Block Party, remember them? And, yeah, yeah, remember them, yeah. And, and bands like that. Um, the, we had a producer that had worked with The Strokes, so that was kind of pretty interesting. But it wasn't metal, you know? It wasn't, so I wasn't really necessarily into the music. I guess it was more kind of like, well, I was playing guitar in a band that was, you know, pretty active, so that was cool. But yeah, but other than that, you know, it's just been the fucking slog of, you know, being putting bands together, writing songs, playing to nobody on a rainy Wednesday in February, <laughs> going home. <laughs> there's always um, a lot of that, isn't there? Yeah. There's always a lot of that. And I think Heather's probably the same. I think Heather's probably had more success than me, though. But yeah. Uh, I've been in a lot of bands for sure, haven't I? Um, I don't I wouldn't ever call anything that I did success. Um, <laughs> just blue. Sorry? You painted yourself blue. Oh, I played the beer killer naked. Yeah, that was funny. But that wasn't, I wouldn't, like, that's not my marker of success. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've, I've been to the beer killer. It's not the biggest place in the world. You, you, you played there naked. 
I was painted blue. It was Halloween. I didn't have an outfit, so I just went naked and painted myself blue. And the funny thing was, I didn't consider, you know how sweaty it is on stage with all the lights and stuff. What I didn't consider is that my bass strap slowly rubbed the blue paint off one tit throughout <laughs> the entire show. So I was just the blue lagoon monster just with one bare boob by the end of the show, which was quite funny. <laughs> Do you remember Fuck the birdcage yeah. in the beer keller? No, I've only ever been there. I went to one, one, one hardcore gig there. That was it. So (laughs) it had like this sort of huge birdcage thing. We were we we were like a weird sort of circusy band, and we had like silk walkers and some weird art stuff going on. There was a contortionist in the cage, which I thought would be hilarious to climb in there with her. And then I realised that my base was bigger than the actual cage bars, and I had one end of it poked (laughs) at one side, one end, and I was sort of leaning back like this, like rocking out. And then I got stuck, and I had to play the entire song just on my back like this, stuck in the cage. No offense, Nige, but not fail. Her musical history is more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Much more, much more interesting. I've never painted myself blue. I've never got stuck in a cage, naked, painted blue. If, if ever you take this to the stage, if ever you go live, Nigel, you've got to paint yourself blue. I think it's it's, it's a must. Smurf, <laughs> It'll be fancy dress. get him on stage, let alone that. Nobody nobody wants to see me naked, blue or blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, some, I've been lucky, actually. I've been in some some bands with some really interesting people. Really, like... Um, Sounds like it. So, yeah, well, I was in a band called Nine Miles Down. I don't know if you heard of them. Um, Not familiar. We, actually, that got taken out by COVID unfortunately but we were we were set up to have a, a tour with british lion as main support with british lion around oh, europe that, which cool. really exciting really really exciting um, isn't, isn't so eddie, eddie yeah the guy in it's adrian smith's guitar tech isn't he yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and the the singer was in a band called psycho motel as well it's all right oh yeah psycho motel yeah I remember the, yeah, yeah 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 so that that was really cool um but yeah unfortunately covid covid happened and everyone went their separate ways but yeah really good guys um, I was in Hal Bastard for about five minutes. That was quite funny. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that was weird. That was a weird... I can't... Yeah, they go all over the world. Um, there was a, a Russian tour, and I've got kids. So I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't. So it was really, really exciting. And I really want to do it, but, I, you know, I just can't. Um, yeah, yeah so life, lots, life gets in the way, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So I've, I've been lucky enough to be around some really interesting people in bands, but... Um, yeah, not not kind of done anything like that myself yet. <laughs> so the rest of the EP, you never then, know. yes. The other two songs, um, which you know nobody else will be really familiar with because obviously it's not out yet. Um, so tell us about the other two songs, and you have got title track four or five with Ashes. What's the sort of story behind 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 these? Is there a story behind it? Yeah, there is. Uh, it kind of comes in a lot of ways. Um, like I say, I don't set out to write a song about a thing; it just kind of comes out. But what tends to happen is things come out as analogies and it's certainly the case with Fortified by Ashes. So in there, it's kind of like I'll connect with some emotions in me and then I'll just kind of get out of my own way and just ad lib shit and, and then and then try and see what it's about and then kind of make the words a little bit more poetic as I go. Um, so that one, the emotion behind that um, is that I've been for a really, really traumatic part of my life. The, the whole EP is just my cathartic therapy venting all my shit and you're like that's why it's so raging and angry <laughs> i just come through this really really tough patch um so that, that's what the all the emotions kind of swirling around were from that but then i tried to make it a, a nice story as well like burn the clowns that a lot of that emotion like repression and imbalance and, and and just feeling of like oh fuck it or you know just and destruction of everything 45 by ashes came out um as it's kind of the Phoenix thing. I, uh, the Fortified by Ashes lyric, uh, 
Nigel picked that as the title for the song because he liked that one line in the song. Um, and it refers to being kind of built of your own ashes that you've been burnt to over and over again. It, it's kind of like, uh, and the story that came out is of like uh, the witch trials of a, a girl that's been, have had 16 lives and been burnt over and over and over again as a witch, nine times each time. And again, it's all mixed in with um, repression and oppression and patriarchy. I mean, that's the epitome of kind of, anti anti womankind isn't it burning yeah, burning yeah, us at the stake yeah. right so that's where it went with that but it, it's all an analogy for, for the amount of times I got burnt to the ground and built myself back and got burnt to the ground and then just came back with just rage so that all those lyrics are, are threaded through with this this story <laughs> and it kind of ends up it starts out kind of being really about kind of the Spanish Inquisition and religion and the witch trials and then by the end of it it talks about um yeah, sort of retribution and, and coming back stronger when you've been burnt to the ground. That kind of vibe. Nice. <laughs> it's heavy nice. shit, man. You shouldn't ask me what's in my song. Yeah, it, it is. It, <laughs> no, but it is. It's, it's, <laughs> no, as we found with, with, um, with, with Tailgunner last week and, and the way Tom was talking about their songs and, and the thought process that goes into the lyrics and the research, it's, it's all that I, I, I love that process. Not being mm. a songwriter, it's, it's fascinating to me how people get from nothing to that mm. and the process to get to that point i find it fascinating sure yeah, yeah. And i really and i really love that as well because i think that as i said you know i really having grown up you know grown up in the 80s being obsessed with thrash which is great but i didn't want yeah you know, it's the whole thing about one foot in the old school one foot in the modern yeah. modern yeah. what i didn't want to do was which would have happened if it had been left to me to write the lyrics so i can't write lyrics but I didn't want to have, end up going for the kind of, you know, Satan raping a virgin type of lyrics. Are you saying heavy metal lyrics are predictable? <laughs> I, think, I think it's kind of that that's kind of all been explored already. A little bit, <laughs> you know a little I mean? bit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like fucking hell. I love, I love you know, those first two, well, three actually, Slayer records and stuff. I mean, I'm a fucking huge fan of Slayer, right? They, and I, I love all that stuff, but I think it's kind of been done. And yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really think about it either way. But when Heather had had came up with these lyrics, I was just like, choice, did you? I, <laughs> I was like, no, this is fucking perfect, and I love. And I think even over the past, you know, since we've had the EP out, uh, the, sorry, the single out, and we've been doing a bit of PR for the new songs you know working with the claw hammer the pr agency that we've been using a little bit um who have been brilliant <clears throat> um you know they've been asking for things like what's the song about what's the song about and i've been saying to heather are you sure you want to kind of be this kind of open in public about what the songs are about because obviously they're mm. really personal and really raw yeah yeah, yeah. but it's, it's like well, interesting, I love, actually, I love yeah. but i love yeah it. it it's really it. put me up against it with my own what i've, I've had to decide what i prioritize because to me being authentic is so important. And mm. if, if I, so I was like this kind of crossroads, do I be authentic and authentically describe my experience and what this what this part of me in this song is and what what created this? I, I, I can't, I have to, I can't, what do I do? I, if I just whiff a waffle about some vague and, and sort of cover it up, I'm completely betraying myself. I'm, I'm betraying everything I believe about music. It, I just couldn't do it. So I was like, okay, here we go. It's all gonna come out then. That's <laughs> just, and yeah, you just got to go big or go home, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it's my truth. It's what it's about. Those emotions were there. They're not now, fortunately. They were there, and that's what that's what went into the music. And it's just the truth. So. No, I think I think it's refreshing. I think, like you say, with thrash metal, it's easy to write things about fucking nuclear war and sure. and all that. It, get, it just does get a little bit predictable. And as fun as it is, it has been over the years. Yeah, it's to have a, a bit of a different take on it is always gonna. You know, I think that's what people are like. I think that's what people are liking about it. It has got a fresh take on what we know yeah. as thrash metal. And I think it's really hard to be. You know, I think it's really hard to have a fresh take on thrash metal, right? Because I think if you, it's quite a narrow. You know, as you know, as Metallica proof, right? So it's like if you go slightly too, if you deviate from what people count as what's real thrash metal, yeah. everyone's like, "Fuck you, you sold out." But if you don't deviate from it, everyone's like, "Oh, you're just writing the same album ten times." You yeah. know, so it's really, I think it's really hard. I mean, none of this was intentional, by the way. We didn't set out to be like, "Right, we're gonna have, we're gonna do a fresh take on thrash metal." It just no, it turned out that way. It's all kind of by accident, you know. I can't do anything else. It's you're going to get what's in there. I can't write a song about a thing that I'm not fucking angry about. I can't scream my face off into a microphone about something I don't care about. It's got to be, it's got to be something that's deeply personal to me. Otherwise, it's just not going to be. It's going to be shit, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I can't that's, scream that's like that about Satan yeah. virgins. You know. Well, and I think it's and I think it's interesting that you know obviously obviously Heather's Heather found the the lyrical and vocal part of it really cathartic and it was like her yet shouting about the tough period that she had in her life and I think I went through a real at the same sort of time I was going through a really shit time as well um in my life and I think that's where the riffs came from as well you know it's like because as I said I've been writing riffs for a long time um with varying degrees of success but I think with these not to say that they were easy because writing songs is never easy but all of those riffs came I remember I wrote the whole of Burn the Clowns with uh, under an hour. It was just like bang, and it just the whole thing was just like there, and I couldn't. I was like recording it as almost as fast as I could. And again, I think it was because, it, in a similar kind of way, you know, it's like because I was in a really hard place, going through a lot of really hard stuff. I was really frustrated and really kind of filled with my own kind of rage and stuff. And I just wanted to. That's how at the end, I can't sing. I can't sing about it. So I guess that was where that came from. You know. So we we're kind of worried because if we have to write anything else, you know, I'm pretty happy these days. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're going to get grief rage from me. It'll come, it'll come. Plenty so. more where that came from. Yeah, I'm going through grief at the moment. So Actually, the past week I've been in writing mode and Heather hasn't heard any of this yet, but I've written some pretty sick riffs. So I'm oh, pretty sick. happy. Send them over, man. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> it's still, uh, yeah, it's sounding pretty good. Um, I want to talk about the artwork as well for a minute. Is you know, both me and Andy, are, you know, we we got an appreciation of of artwork, especially you know this man here is 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 quite the illustrator, and it, it kind of the artwork's always important, I think. And I, I like this. Who who did it? Who did that illustration? Who designed your logo? Where's it all come from? <laughs> this is like because we picked it out, didn't we? From a bunch of we were just sort of choosing. Do you know who actually did the artwork? I actually don't. You know, it's really terrible. Nice. Because obviously we were we were doing everything. We had no idea whether it was going to be successful or not. All of this thing. So we were like, well, let's do it on a bit of a, you know, let's spend a little bit of money on production and let's spend yeah. a, a little bit of money on the artwork, but let's not spend loads of money. So literally, we we just bought it. It was it was a pre-existing piece of artwork that we bought. We trolled through for hours though, trying it to find. I was like, it needs to be something that looks like what fortified by ashes means. It needs to be 
female symbol it needs to be strong it needs to look like a queen she needs to be really sort of in parts and yeah and that was that was the one we, we trawled through it and it was like how about this how about this no 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 skeletons and skulls and again there's nothing wrong with that right but it's like that wasn't what we want we wanted to do it doesn't suit doesn't suit the what it's about though does it it's, it's the colors as well that are very different and, yeah mm -hmm. they, they properly pop it's yeah yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? It really did jump out that one. Yeah, yeah, it did. As soon as we saw that one, we were like, I think we had like three or four, and we're like, that's the that's the one. Yeah. yeah. What about the logo then? Where where did that come from? Oh, that was just me in in Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> I just put put the yeah, logo and, and the the thing on on the artwork, and off we went. Yeah, it's it's on a shoestring. It's it's very homemade, all of it really. No, yeah. it's, it's the best way. It's the best way. It's, uh, <laughs> well, album artwork now, I mean, I mean, we talked about this loads of times on here as well, that, you know, obviously vinyl's having very much of a resurgence at the minute, so it's great to see album artwork on a proper 12-inch square again, whereas, you know, just on digital music, you're almost losing that opportunity to have something really nice. I mean, obviously, I know you're only releasing this digitally, but just that tiny little square, but this this artwork does still pop, and, and that's that's... That's quite hard to achieve. That I think so it's done well. Oh, I'm pleased. Right choice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased. And we would love to be able to release. You know, we would love to do a to do a physical physical release because I'm obviously a big fan of. Yeah, as as you know, I'm a big vinyl guy. I'd love to do vinyl. I actually don't own a CD player. I just for me, I'm like I buy vinyl, and then I have stuff digitally if yeah. if, stuff, if stuff doesn't exist. You know, obviously, I can't buy everything on vinyl because vinyl these days costs a fucking fortune but stuff like just. stuff that i really love i buy on vinyl and then otherwise i just have it digitally but i would love i would love to do a i would love to do a vinyl run or you know or a cd run which i wouldn't be able to listen to myself but never mind. Um, <laughs> but um but you know yeah i mean you're right i think the artwork the artwork's a really important thing for us and part of that is having it on a bigger you know having it on a it's because we're old, right? Having it yeah, on a exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, and 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 merchandise as well, isn't it? T-shirts, it, it all it all matters. Well, I think we're working on a T-shirt, aren't we? I think that's one of the things we were going to be doing. Oh yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> kind of, you know, kind yeah. of based on the, based on the finalize it. Oh well, um, I'll, I'll have one of those. You know, I'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, send you, we'll, we'll send you one. Send you one. <laughs> um. So, so what are you what what's the plan with it then? I mean. This three-track EP. You say you've got virtually got an album written. Um, hmm. Is it plan to record that properly, release it? Is yeah, yeah. So basically, the plan is at the moment is obviously so the so we've got a, we've got the second single, "Final Time to Die," is coming out on July the 11th, and then the EP is coming out on August the 4th. As I say, yeah, you're right. We've got like so we've we've already kind of earmarked the next three songs that we're going to record. The vocals are all pretty much done for one of them. Which is cool. Two, they're pretty much done for. Oh, two. Okay. Yeah. So there's Queen of Swords is pretty much done, right? Mm -hmm. And then another one, which is as you Michael Karen, yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael Karen. Um, so those three. And then so the plan really is to try to just try and keep the momentum going. So I'm I'd quite like to I'd quite like to sort of basically get those um once once the vocals are, are done, send that off to um the guy that produced this EP a guy called Winter Pryor, who's at Sphinx Studios in Brighton. Um, amazing. Who, he's amazing. So yeah, Heather had worked with him before. And 
yeah, I, th- I just think he did a really, really good job, you know, because again, I was originally going to do everything myself. My production skills are rudimentary, so it would have ended up sounding rough and ready. But I think, again, because we went for this, because we ended up realising that it was partly old school, but partly more modern, I think it was like, well, let's actually give it a bit more of a modern production values rather than production's just... Fucking the production you know? really good. Yeah. yeah. He did, I mean, such, was, a good he did yeah. A, such... And I was, to be honest, I was a little bit sceptical. I was like, I wonder if this is actually going to be worth the money, you know? But then yeah. when, he, when he sent the first one back, which I think was Burn the Clowns, it was just like, fucking hell, this sounds miles better than... I could ever have done at home, yeah. you know. So we're going to use him again, I'm sure. Um, so hopefully, you know, the idea will be to get the next EP out before Christmas. So another three songs. Um, and then I guess we've still got three left. But then, as I mentioned, I'm writing some new stuff. So maybe we'll end up doing one of those or both of those or whatever. So, yeah, I, mean, I think the idea is that what I want to do is just kind of try and keep the momentum going and have stuff coming out relatively regularly and, you know, as I said, it's not, it doesn't cost a massive amount of money and it doesn't, you know, it seems the traction you get from, from uh, social media and a bit of PR help, you know, as I said, Clawhammer have been fucking brilliant. They've just got it all over the place, you know. Um, yeah. So I think it's, that's the idea for me anyway, It's just keep the, keep the momentum going, keep writing songs, keep writing riffs, you know, and hopefully it will still be good, even though we're both happy, whereas we used to be both really fucking angry. <laughs> I'm still fucking angry. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, we, we've noticed. Yeah. So, so in terms of um, the recordings stuff, because um, it seems to be, you know, it, it's been going on for like 30 years where people have been able to make music in their own rooms more and more. But I think post-COVID, it seems like there's a lot of home recording going on and people mm-hmm. sending their stuff to producers or mixers elsewhere in other countries and whatnot. So is that the approach that you took? Yeah, we did it all at home. I mean, I just, I mean, I've been, I've been using Logic, Logic Pro for well, ten years or so, really for just writing, you know, just for writing and arranging stuff. But I think <clears throat> I tried to teach myself a bit more of how to do it because, again, the original intention was for me to do it all myself. But yeah, everything was just done at home. You know, Logic Pro, Amp Sims, um, you know, just did it all at home. Once I'd recorded all the music, sent it off to Heather. Heather came up with some ideas, then we got together, recorded the vocals together, and that was it. I then sent then then sent off the, the basic stems to um to Winter down in Brighton. And then he, about a week later he sent them back and was like, here you go. So yeah, I mean it's it's pretty say songwriting isn't easy, but in in the overall scheme of things, it was pretty straightforward, really. You know? It's mad, like Andy says, how how much easier it is now for people to write music in their bedrooms and and get albums out. Um, you've got obviously we're talking of Hell Ripper, where that started just him on his own. It does every he does absolutely everything. He is the archetypal one man band. Um, you've got the Seven Doors, uh, Death Man that came out earlier this year. Guy from Cornwall, again did yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, really, really well produced Death Metal album. Great artwork to it as well. It's it's exciting times, isn't it? Dark Throne's probably the one that springs to mind for me. I mean, they've just been yeah. doing shit for fucking 20 years or long, longer, you know? I don't know if they've ever played live. I think they used to play live, didn't they? But they haven't played live for years. Since the 90s, I don't think, no. Yeah. no. You know? And it's like, that kind of approach is really... I mean, James, you know, James is actually really helpful because I don't know him. I wouldn't say I was a friend of his, but I messaged him when I had this, in the very initial stages of doing this, 
and obviously I'd heard his stuff and I was like, fuck, this is brilliant. And I couldn't believe that he did it all himself. And I messaged him on Twitter because we were Twitter friends. And I just said, oh, hey, man, you know, I'd really love to pick your brains about how the fuck you do all this yourself because I'm thinking about doing the same kind of thing expecting to hear nothing back. And you know what he's like? He's all over social media all the time. Yeah. He literally replied in about 10 minutes. And he was like, yeah, man, happy to help. What do you want to know? And I was just like, you know, so he was like, yeah, he was like super helpful. And he's become, I think he's, I think, I think he's brilliant. I think what Hell Ripper is doing is even from just a musical point of view, you know, that whole thing I was talking about, he's, he's working in a really narrow niche right yeah. black black and thrash but he's managed to keep it fresh it, with each album he's managed to expand what he's doing oh, they've taken a massive step forward with the new album this year massive yeah, really has, but he hasn't lost he hasn't lost still hell ripper in it yeah it's fucking yeah. brilliant i really think it's and you know obviously where, where we met right that gig that we the, yeah. the, the hell ripper gig that we met that was it was fucking phenomenal yeah know? it was i'm looking forward to seeing Seeing them do their own thing in a, in a tiny little venue in the Black Heart in London in October—that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, Heather, if you can actually, Heather, if you can get get away for that. Sure. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah. It's a Let tiny. One hundred and fifty capacity, I think, isn't it? The Black oh, Heart. Is, is oh, probably less than that. If I'm yeah, it's, it's very but very small. You have you have to wear earplugs in the audience. <laughs> yeah. You have to. There's no, no there's no tough you're out. Doing. It's that kind of venue. It's um... but you know, I've just got real respect for him, you know, because musically, I think it's it's great, but I think also how he's approached the whole thing, you yeah. know, agree, agree. doing everything himself. I, what I didn't realize until I listened to one interview with him, I can't remember who it was with now, and he basically started it while he was at university in his in his university, you know, in his college room. I didn't even yeah. realize, you know, like it was that it was that it was that basic at the beginning properly yeah. from the ground up isn't it? and yeah he's, he's he's reaping the rewards he really is yeah he really is and now that he's playing live more as well i mean they're out on a full summer tour festivals they were out with spectral wound last year and they're mm. actually getting out and doing shows around the uk now it's um yeah and he's got a la- he's got a label now right because he's on they're on peace he's on, yeah he's um, on peaceville yeah yeah you know, and uh, i think that's kind of the real way to from from my perspective you know that's kind of really the way to do it is to kind of build build a real a real momentum that way you know it's interesting you talk about momentum because there's been quite a lot of a lot of talk in the industry recently from you know massive artists like slipknot are one for you know they've just ended their deal with roadrunner records and Corey taylor was talking about that they may not do albums anymore they may just do singles and eps and and surprise drops and things like that because it keeps momentum going and they, yeah. can, they can tour that where they can earn their money is touring to release an ep Go out and tour and keep that cycle going. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not surprised, you know. And even look, even remember the massive buzz that happened when Metallica dropped 72 seasons. Yeah, yeah. What two, three months ago? Yeah, two months ago. How much do you hear people talking about that now? Not at all. Yeah, just yeah. Even, yeah. For, even for them, it just the the drop off is yeah. just it just drops off a cliff after a week or two of everyone going, oh my god, the new album, the new album. So if Metallica can only keep a momentum from an album going for a couple of weeks, then the rest of us have fucked, you know? <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? It's like, so yeah, doing, doing. That's fucking bleak. Well, <laughs> but then, but then it's not, is it? Because there's no, so much exciting new music out there that you, you are, you listen to an album and then it's like, fuck, there's another one coming along and trying to keep up with it is really difficult. 
Exactly. I don't, I don't think it's bleak. It's just, it, I used to think it was. I used to be like, oh, it's really sad. You know, I used, I remember the old days when you'd be like going yeah. along, but stuff changes, you know, and it's like, it's better to embrace it and, you know, releasing. We, we, we did think about, you know, well, we've got all the, we've got an album's worth of songs. Why do we record them all? And it's like, well, A, it will cost a lot more money to have nine or 10 songs or whatever produced. It will take a lot longer. And it's like, well, actually, why don't we just fucking do three songs and black them out there and see what happens and then yeah. do another three if the response is good, you know, I think hopefully what we're going to do, you know. You don't think you would ever take this to the stage then and full band and oh, go no. live? And- this is a, this I'll, wear, is a- I'll wear him down. We are going to play live. I am, I'm, I'm getting to. Yeah, Heather really wants to. I am, I basically decided I wasn't going to play live anymore because I was just like, I've played live for years and years and years and years. It's not, to be honest, it's not my favorite part of being in a band. My favorite part of being in a band is writing and recording, right? The creative process. And, you know, I don't know if you know a journalist called James O'Brien. He does like, he has like a podcast and, but he mainly mainly interviews, he mainly interviews actors, right? He does interview musicians and politicians and stuff, but he mainly interviews actors from across the spectrum, you know, right from, from, you know, Shakespearean actors, theatre actors, right to sort of Hollywood stars and TV stars and so on. And he always talks about the thing that they have in common is called the look at me gene, right? Which is basically the thing that people have inside them, which makes people, which makes them want to perform and makes them want to want people to look at them and be like, to see what they're doing. And I don't really have that. I, I don't, I, I'm not a performer, you know? So, but... One of the things that I've, I had spoken about previously with James McBain was, you know, he wasn't really interested in playing live either. He preferred just hanging out and writing and recording and releasing stuff himself. But obviously at some point he realized, well, look, if I want to take this bigger, then I'm going to have to get a, li- get a lineup together and um, take it to take it to the stage. You know, so for me, it's like I'm kind of I'm kind of thawing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to wear him down. We will play live. Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah. It's just taking me a long time. Yeah. And we've got well, Alex on lead guitar, so, and I know someone who do drums. We could, we could put band together in five minutes, be fine. Yeah, and Alex is great as well. You know, he's Alex a, is awesome. He's a cool guy. And, and um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, it's, it's not like, it's not a priority for me, but it's not completely out of the question in the future. I think yeah, it's the, a matter of what the gig is. If it was a, an interesting enough gig, you would do it, and then we'd, we'd, get, we'd get it together. I think it's for Christmas. Sorry? It's time for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's at the moment what I want to do is really concentrate on getting the songs all together and releasing more songs. And then maybe once we've got to the point of having an album's worth of songs, maybe then we'll repackage everything, release it as an album, and then maybe we'll do something then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. It, it, when when I asked you that question first, you were pretty much no. By the time we've got to the end of this, three minutes later, they're, well, yeah, all right, well, maybe. We'll <laughs> yeah, see. yeah, yeah, I'm getting him. Yeah. Oh, Ed is very persuasive. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go off on a quick tangent just for a sec. I've just been sent a photo from um, from Camden Underworld. Our good friend Bean comes on the podcast as well. He's just sent me a photo of um, of John Five's amp. Um, oh, Motley okay. Crew in, un- in the underworld. Oh, tonight. oh, he managed to get a ticket then. He managed to get a ticket. He's oh, there. And, uh, yeah, Motley, Cr- Motley Crew are playing at the underworld tonight. Yeah, yeah, under the name Dogs of War. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, Vince, Neil, Vince Neil won't fit on that stage. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't say any, anybody was going. They're just they're just in the underground. Everyone's going to watch from outside. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's literally on the on that floor in the pit on the floor, and then the crowd will be around the around the top, <laughs> rolling around with his fucking legs in the air. The fuck. Um, yeah. So yeah, it did happen. It was they they then they they leaked something on social media earlier in the week. This wow. You know, this band Dogs of War playing the Underworld, and it was on Planet Rock, and the um, the ticket price was nineteen pound eighty one. So they kind oh, of got the whole yeah, and uh, yeah, it has yeah, it has come off. I completely forgot about it. I was going to try and get a ticket because oh. it was all on dice. Normally quite easy. You know what? And, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be that would be pretty cool. I mean, if I was still up in bloody Surrey, then I would have I would have kept my nose to the grind. But I'm stuck in the bloody you know shit pit of Kent. He's, he's in proper Kent. I'm in Bargate at the moment. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's meant to be all hip full of hipsters now, isn't it? I don't want to say full, but it's certainly got a bit more that way in the last few years. Yeah, it's, it's a curious blend of alternative types, even though there's not many places to go, and um, basically UKIP. Yeah, it's got a reputation for being a bit Brexity, but it's, it's a mix. I mean, I'm, I'm in what is basically semi-detached suburbia at the moment, a bit further down the road. It's like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that there's a beach unless you turned a corner. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's compared to 20 years ago when my parents first moved down here, it's improved a lot. But that's because they've had the money for the Tate Modern and Tracy Emmons' input. They've yeah. made the old town a bit nicer and whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've got a, what is basically an outdoor mall going towards Ramsgate, which is has basically killed off a high street. But yeah. I think it was never that kind of place anyway. It's, it's a resort now. And what's good is they've got this um, summer series of gigs going on um, at Dreamland, the old old theme park. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you got loads of people coming down, you know, from London or wherever just for a, sort of a, an evening out. Queens of Stone Age played a sold out a couple, few nights back. Um, so yeah, yeah, came out of cinema the other night. Heard heard go with the flow from two miles away. So um, sounds. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing more metal than that, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, I'm only down here for circumstance temporarily. But you know, I've got a few. I've got so many gigs lined up already. It's like right, the amount of money I'm paying just to get the train up here, I can't really do anything more. Um, but yeah, if, if I was in Surrey tonight, I, I would have begged to have a night off and see if I could get tickets for them because. Oh, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I completely forgot about it, but I think they, they sold the tickets sold in sort of 10, 20 seconds kind of thing, 450. Yeah. Like so, I mean, that would be pretty, it would be pretty cool. I actually saw, I saw Motley Crue back in the day in on the Dr. Feelgood tour, and I've got to say, you know, that was when it was thin Vince rather than fat Vince, and they were <laughs> that's when they were sober as well, though. So, it was like, yeah, and I've got to say, they sounded fucking brilliant, you know, they really did. It was um, <laughs> it was Skid Row, White Lion. Remember White Lion? I remember them. Yeah, they weren't very good. And, My brother um, was a big fan. Yeah. And um, and Motley Crue. It was the the NEC in Birmingham, and it was uh. Yeah, they, but Motley Crue sounded fucking great, man. I, I think of those hair metal bands, I think I, they were probably my favourite. I mean, I, I think used to love them. Yeah, I saw them at Donington years and years like ago. Wild, like Wild Side, for me, like Wild Side, you can't fucking deny how great a song that is, man. <laughs> Back in yeah. the day, it was, yeah. I've, I've never, I've never really, never really been the biggest crew fan. I, I don't know what it is. Something, yes, they've got, they've got some bangers. Don't get me wrong, but "Kickstart My Heart" is probably my favourite crew song. That's a good one. 
But other than that, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably enjoy it in the underworld. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, that would be. I reckon it would be. I wonder how they're going to do the miming though, because apparently none of them are playing live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be all right then, wouldn't it? Yeah, if they're going to get found out anywhere. It'll be in there. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. But apparently, even Nikki, even Nikki Six is miming though. It's, it's like, shocking, isn't it? It's, it's ridiculous. It's... He's he's like the worst bass player in the world. You know, and it's like, no, you don't need to mind that. And John, <laughs> and John and John Five's a great fucking guitar player, so he doesn't need to mind. Yeah, surely he's not. He, that, that can't be. And Tommy Lee's a great drummer, so I don't understand yeah. why he's minding as well. Oh, I, 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 I don't get it. It, it. doesn't sit well with me at all. It really doesn't. No, no, me neither. It's, uh... How do you mime on drums? Just not, just slightly not hit them. In a small venue, you can't mime drums. You can't mime drums in the underworld. I mean, you could do it on a, in a, this stadium tour they're doing. I suppose nobody could see it, could they? But I mean, for yeah. the under, in the underworld, yeah. you can't. You can't not hear what you're playing on drums. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it's <laughs> like... it's like it's like, kit, of course, then you could. Well, yeah, yeah. But it's not like all the grief that Axel Rose has got for Glastonbury last weekend, which seems to be more related to the TV coverage than it does anything else. Oh, yeah, because they said that the, the vocals sounded really shit, but apparently people who were there said it sounded all right. And... Yeah, they kept, they kept cutting out on TV, and, you know, half the time you couldn't hear him. The, the sound was dreadful, but okay. it's it's like, I, I would still rather that than they just mimed it in. I, I just, I don't don't get it. No. Yeah. It's pointless, isn't it? It's yeah, like, it's fucking wrong. We used well, to I mean... slate, like, bands on acts, bands, acts on top of the pops and that for, for miming. yeah. yeah. And and now that you know it's it's not right. If you can't yeah. do it, just give yeah. up and fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Well, like Kiss, I mean, Kiss are the classic example, right? I mean, yeah. and especially it's worse. I think it's worse with them because and I'm I'm I'm, you know, I'm a Kiss fan, but I think they've just become beyond embarrassing now. And it's like, especially it's worse because you know if you go back twenty years, they were the ones being like, you know, if you can't do it anymore, you know, don't stay too long at the party. Yeah. And it's like. No, that's all right. <laughs> guys, <laughs> you know, so it's just it's just fucking embarrassing, and it's just it's kind of I think luckily in our in you know in in our genres you know death metal thrash stuff I I I don't think there's much miming going on you know it all feels no. still used to back in the day and it's all as far as I can see very live you know yeah and and that's the way it should be it's yeah. This this strive for perfection, I suppose, but what there just is no no fucking point if the kiss kiss kind of get around it because of the spectacle, I suppose. Right. You know, I'm not the biggest kiss fan. I went to see them once just to make sure I'd seen them. It's a phenomenal show. I mean, it's, yeah. they're, they're unreal live, they really are, it's incredible. But if I was a massive fan and I found out they were mime, and I would I would feel really let down by it. So you know, yeah, you'd want your money back, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's another thing. The fucking price of tickets. I mean, yeah. you, you're just getting ripped off. You pay 80, 90, 100 quid to see a band and they fucking mine. Yeah. Where's my refund? And the thing and the thing is, as I think as I think you know, because you probably saw the photos, but I went to I went to the second night of Metallica in Paris yeah. last yeah. months ago. Last month. And two two things. One, they look and sound better than they did 20 years ago. Yeah. And the second thing is because of the way that the stage was set up, there was a point where obviously I was very close to Lars and it's like anyone who disses Lars for saying he's a shit drummer is like that guy was, was fucking playing. You could see his feet. You could, he was fucking, he was playing. And it's like, 
they were they were not miming they were they were not miming you could it was all live you know and i just think that that's and they're a band that could they probably could get away with miming and they could get away with filling their sound out with stuff but they weren't that shouldn't be impressive though that's like that's the most (laughs) basic like (laughs) we shouldn't be impressed by bands for not miming should we no i agree no (laughs) i totally what's it coming to (laughs) what did um what did the 72 seasons stuff sound like live really good actually yeah. you know i mean for me you know i don't know i'm going to be controversial because i'm an old fucker and i was like so when i heard the when i was a teenager but my formative years were metallica in the 80s my gate one of my two gateway albums into metal was ride the lightning you know right. so when i heard the black album back in the day i was like what the fuck is this shit and i hated it and i never listened to it and yeah. i don't and i don't like it to this day i don't like load i don't like reload i really like the the um garage ink you know the covers yeah, yeah. but 72 seasons for me is the best album they've done since justice that's interesting see i stopped listening to the black album as well and i've never been back 72 so, i've heard good things about the new stuff it's not, you know, it's not uniformly good. I think there's some there's some filler on it. There's some stuff that's too long. But the songs that are good, like the highs, I think are more are more for me are more exciting than than anything that they've done since, with the exception of Sad but True, which I think is a great song. So, they, so the night I was there, they played You Must Burn, which sounded fucking brilliant. They played um 72 Seasons, the song, and they played uh, If Darkness Had a Son, which is not my favourite song, but it sounded good, you know? Yeah. But they were they were just, yeah. I mean, I've seen them, I've seen them so many times over the years, but it was the best I've seen them for, for a long time. They, were they look they, like they're enjoying it. I think that's that's the key. They really do. It's particularly Hetfield, you know? He yeah. looks he's like slim and healthy. He looks healthy yeah. and he's happy and... There's just a really good vibe going, you know. And they were that like, documentary, though, man, that was painful. Like yeah, fair some, play, some to kind them. of monster, some kind of monster. Like fair play to them for bearing it all and everything else. But I, I just I couldn't watch it. I was like, like, no. it, you know it, what? It, I've uh, gone back and watched it in recent weeks. We talked about it on an episode, I think, and and we've we've slagged it off many many times. I've gone back <laughs> and watched it. It's on Netflix at the minute. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Watching it now, now that I'm 20 years older than the first time we watched it, <laughs> I actually appreciate it a little bit more than we did back then. It's so warts and all. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it seems a little bit dramatized, but it is proper fucking warts and all stuff. And I, I, I can appreciate that. They were clearly in a very dark place. They really at that they time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They were totally dysfunctional, you know, and it was probably a lot of yeah. it was coming. It was, a lot of it was coming from Hetfield, you know, because he was so such, such a control freak, and you know, and for, for me, he's the the soul of that band. You know, oh yeah, I, yeah. He, I you, Lars, if you took him I mean, out, you'd have no Metallica left. You know, and Lars is apparently Lars does a lot of the arranging. You know, apparently he does a lot of the arranging of the songs and putting yeah. it together, which is obviously very valid. And he's the sort of great businessman and great marketer or whatever. But for me, Hetfield is like even you know. So when I was learning learning to play the guitar, I wasn't interested in what Hammett was doing. I just wasn't. In, I was only interested in what Hetfield was doing, and it's why I'm not a shredder or whatever now. I was only interested. I was only ever interested in playing rhythm guitar and I was just obsessed with what Hetfield was doing and what Scott Ian was doing you know for me it was all about riffs <laughs> right one of the one of the best rhythm guitar players to, to walk the oh, earth James Hetfield just you know. just incredible you know and so precise and w- watching him 
you know, watching him sort of from pretty close last month, it was just like, man, he's still so fucking, he's still so good. And it's still the, the attack that he has on the, on the strings. And it's just so precise, you know, yeah. it's fucking hell. And, you know, Hammett, you can see, you can hear he's a bit sloppy these days. And I know he gets a lot of shit for his lead guitar playing and stuff. And, but he's a little bit sloppy. And although he sounded, he did sound pretty good that night, but Hetfield was just fucking on it, man. Absolutely on it. And it's just like, mate, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's great to see. We could do some indoor dates now, though. This is the thing, like, yeah, I'll, I'll come. I'll come to Maiden in a minute. But I, I, I saw the last time I saw Metallica indoors was, I think, was the Death Magnetic tour when they did Earl's Court. Um, I, I, there's, there's been nothing since. It would be nice just to have no O2. I think it was more recent than that. Maybe it was O2. It was Machine Head. Last time I saw Metallica indoors was back in 2003 when they did that second stage at Download. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about I think, that as well. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah see it, stuff like that. Since then, it's just been um, outdoor festivals. Yeah, and, so we, we, uh, we, need some, we do need some indoor shows. It's, it, it would be nice. It's Too yeah. many bands have just taken that. I know they fill stadiums. Obviously, it's you, you can't get away from that, but it, it would be nice for them to just do arena tours instead. They don't need the payday. No, they don't. Yeah. And you're right. I really admire them for what they're trying to do and making the live experience different. That whole thing yeah. about yeah, 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 yeah. Agree. Songs and you know that's really cool. But you're right. I mean, I think if they did one more, just to be honest, I mean, how many more tours have they got in them? They're all sixty-ish, aren't they? I think they yeah. just five more years, maybe ten years. You know, and it's not like Elton John. You know, it's not no disrespect to Elton John, but it's like their music is punishing to play yeah i don't i can't see them still doing it when they're 70 well really i don't know i wouldn't have thought so i wouldn't have thought so i'd be surprised if, if you think about the amount of the years between recent albums right. i'd be surprised if there's another one you know so it would be nice to be able to if they could do one more arena tour probably yeah. i don't know if they ever will but it would be nice it? Yeah, it would be well like, like i said like maiden you're going to see maiden on this this tour next week Next Tuesday in Birmingham. Easy, yeah, we're we're going next Friday in um at the O2. Um, I haven't seen Maiden for fifteen years. Haven't seen Maiden indoors. I think since Hammersmith and uh, five. Yeah, if, if well for you, yeah. If you haven't seen them since since like oh wait, I don't think I've seen them. Oh no, I saw them in the O2 in 2010. Right. Okay. Final Frontier tour. And maybe maybe another one. They did another one of their retrospectives, didn't they? I think. I think that, that the O2. I, I I actually went through the list on Wikipedia because they got all their tours listed and documented, and I sort of working out how many times I've seen them. And yeah, I've seen about thirteen times about at this point. So um, yeah, I've seen them. I saw. I think I've seen them on every tour as well of the, in the past ten or fifteen years or so. So it'd yeah, be, it'd yeah, be really interesting for you, mate, to see what you think of them having not seen them for fifteen years. Because that's yeah, long... somewhere back in time was the last day at Twickenham. Oh, so I was there, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of where they are since Brave New World. I think that's when they were at a bit of a peak. They were they were absolutely on fire then, they and were. so yeah, we'll be interested to see where they are now. But the reason I bring it up, you know, what we've just been talking about is I read an interview with um, with Bruce Dickinson, saying the reason they're doing these. These arena shows, they've they've done the payday, they've done the festivals, the stadiums, all of that. And they want to try and give something back to the fans. And mm. they've tried to keep the ticket price down as much as possible. I think tickets were about 70 quid with yeah. fees. 
and we've just paid more than 80 quid for for Judas Priest next year so yeah. so I think I think they they've they've just about achieved that it's yeah the price I mean I'm sure they're still going to make a big you know healthy payday on the uh <laughs> on the arena they're, not, they're losing money right it's just 40, and 40 quid a t-shirt as well so you know so, yeah. yeah I mean yeah I mean there again you know I, I, it'd be interesting to see how many more tours they've got in them you know especially with Bruce Dickinson's health issues and stuff you know it's like which I know he's he's healthy at the moment but you know his voice has changed it's gonna catch up on it yeah 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 you know it's like yeah, I just, I just hope they don't, you know, I hope they don't do a kiss and kind of just carry on beyond their years. I well, guess Bruce, Bruce has always said that, hasn't he? That they don't, don't want to become dinosaurs like Stones and and all yeah. that. And they want to, they want to go out on a high. But I didn't. The one thing I've noticed though is he, this tour. He's, 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 he's playing with a mic stand. I've, I've never seen. Is he Bruce Dickinson with, with a mic stand? And he sort of front and seems to be sort of front and center a lot more. He's still all over the place like he is, but. It almost seems like that's been toned down a little bit. Whether he can't keep up with any more, which is understandable. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy's what is he? Sixty-three? Is he six? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, he, like, and he's mental. Like, he's mental on stage. It's just mm. fucking everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's like so. If he, if he has to sort of tone the running around down by thirty percent, but that means he can still sing a full show. Then yeah. I'd rather I'd rather the singing. You know, he still flies the plane everywhere as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like, he's, 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 he's he's a madman. He he really is. <laughs> he um he, interesting character. I watched the YouTube clip earlier on. He turned up at a um a, a military party of some kind. Um, somebody's leaving party or whatever it was, and they had a, a covers band, and he got up and played the trooper with them. <laughs> Apparently, he's a super. So my so my sister's husband is a British Airways pilot. And so he's happened to have met him a couple of times. And he's not a metal fan at all, my, my brother-in-law, but he's happened to have met him a couple of times. And he said, yeah, he's a really fucking mellow guy and just super down to earth. And yeah. yeah. So he's like an amazing singer, an amazing front man, an Olympic fencer. Yeah. A, pilot. Airline <laughs> pilot. A, re a really nice guy. And it's like... Obviously, trick hands will about it, but I picked that up cheap the other day from the second-hand oh, bookshop, yeah. the uh, biography, so... Cool, cool. Start, have you started reading it yet? Oh God, no, no. I'm still reading other books. So <laughs> I'm, 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 my current my current read is upstairs. No, I'm reading a book about the KLF at the moment. So, uh, oh my God, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, the ones that burn Yeah, I used to be in a band with uh, with the guy's um, nephew. Really, really interesting guy, Arthur. Uh, some what, amazing Bill, stories. Amazing. Oh, Bill Chapman or Jimmy Corsi. Corty, yeah, it's Arthur. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, they're they're one of those those artists. So they're not metal, um, but yeah, in terms of nineties dance, it's um, it's it's something else. I mean, that that needs a film, but it will never. Yeah, yeah, on. totally. Yeah, there should be. And they're doing. They're still going, doing like um, art stuff. Did you hear about that? They're driving around in an ambulance with with like a coffin in the back. Not not an ambulance, oh. ice cream van. Doing oh. like crazy arts. So it's become. You know, they they disappeared off the face of the earth and said they were coming back in twenty three years. They actually have. And they released oh, a book right. and they're touring around in in an ice cream van and, and like crowds of people following them around and building a pyramid from from bricks made from people's ashes and stuff. It's, it's mad. It's madness. They're, they are. Yeah. They're amazing. They haven't changed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. That's that's yeah. That, I I remember the KLF from the early nineties, but that's fucking. Yeah, just 
Is yeah. it all the anarchism and all the art? Yeah, just not with the music. No. No, right, fair play. I'll, 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 I'll leave you lot with that. That's you know, <laughs> that's not one for me. No, let, let's let's get back to to Chupacar. We've we've been off on, on on tangents like we usually do. So, you know, so what date is it out? Let's, let's so give, next, give it give it a proper plug. So the next single, which is called "Final Time to Die," is out on July the eleventh. So a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you know, more of the same. Fucking fast. Fucking angry. Um, angry. Touches of Slayer. It's probably more angry than Burn the Clowns, actually. You know, it's Isn't like, yeah. yeah, it's um, so that's that. Um, and then the EP is out on August fourth on all good streaming services and probably bad streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> the necessary evil. Necessary evil, but yeah, and Bandcamp. If anyone wants to give us any money to buy it, but I wouldn't. Um, I'm not going to push anyone to do that. I'm fine just to get it out there, and and we're just really grateful for anyone that listens to it and likes it. So that's it. And then yeah, after, look, that- take 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 it from us. You know, we we've heard a lot of music this year, and um and look, we, we're looking forward to seeing what you do going forward. This EP is great. If you're going to do more of the same, fucking wicked. And mm-hmm. look, if you get on a stage, then even better. You know, well, it's, it's going to happen. It's clearly going to. It happen. is going to happen. See, see, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I know it, it, it'll be uh, it'll be a momentous occasion for everybody. <laughs> well, we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll 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 talk a little bit more about that off uh, offline. But um, but yeah, look, I, I I urge people to to give it a listen, give it a blast. It's great to hear new metal. British, we need to support British music anyway. Represent of the West Country, absolutely it's good for me yeah. being Cornish. So you know, oh yeah, you're, which whereabouts in Cornwall are you from? Um, I'm from Red Roof. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, uh, I'm, I'm I'm proper Cornish. None of this nuki bollocks. <laughs> proper I'm Cornwall. proper fucking Cornish. You're, um, you're, proper, you're proper West Country, right? So we, us Bristolians, when we say we're from Bristol, West Country, you're like fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 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 a northerner to me. Um, yeah, but yeah, been in this neck of the woods too long. Every time I go home, the accent comes back within seconds. But yeah, been away from it for too long. But yeah, look, it's listen to it. Please do. I'll put links up all over social media anyway, and um, and on, on our link tree. Just go and check it out if if you like it heavy, fast, and angry, which it is. It's yep. It's all it, of those. Yeah, you you will it's, definitely enjoy it. August the fourth, isn't it? The EP is coming out, Nigel. Yep. Is, it August the 4th? is that right? August the fourth. August the fourth. The eleventh for the single. Eleventh. August. August. Well, the 4th. Um, I'll um I'll I'll make sure that when we're sat on the campsite at Bloodstock a week later, we'll uh, we'll make sure everybody fucking hears the comment. So. I'm actually going to Alcatraz that weekend. I'm a bit gutted actually that I'm not going to be at Bloodstock, but I'm going to be at Alcatraz in Birmingham. And I'm, yeah. If I can try and knock up a T-shirt before then, maybe I'll maybe I'll do a bit of self-promotion, which will be really lame. I know, but yeah, just yeah, just get out there and, and give shit away. People love that. You know. I might do. Maybe I just what get. Doing... Sorry, while we're doing plugs, can I just um, can I just plug my other band, which unfortunately isn't going on anymore because we've very sadly lost uh, Jake, the guitarist. Yeah. yeah, passed away very suddenly in December. And I've just released the EP that he wrote. It, I say he because it's all him again in lockdown in his bedroom. Literally the most talented person that I've ever met, let alone had the pleasure to work with. And it's, it, yeah, it's so tragic and sad we've lost him. And the, the, the CD was printed and I, I took it to Black City Records today. So it's come out, it's on all major streaming platforms and all the proceeds go to Sophie Lancaster Foundation. It's uh, The band is called cool. Cybervoid and the EP is called Order Through Chaos. So I give saw, that a listen um, as well. If you yeah. like your tech tech metal, crazy, just 
just as angry it's me singing it's the angry it's <laughs> just as fucking angry but very techy and and yeah talented guy miss him every day so i know i, I did i did have i did have a listen earlier because I, I saw um black C, black city post i saw he posted yeah, yeah, yeah. on social yeah. media and uh that it's, it's it's available to buy in the shop yeah i've had to listen to it yeah like it's good it's yeah, good tragic story but yeah it's um yeah. look it was really, music it was- out there it's you know it was terribly sad because, yeah, so, I mean, Heather started singing with Cybervoid after we finished the Chupacabra recordings, and and I only saw you guys once live, but you guys, you were fucking amazing, you know, and it was the first time I'd seen, because obviously, as discussed, Chupacabra is not played live, um, and so I'd never seen you be a front woman, and I was like, fucking hell, you're amazing, but then obviously also Jake was just this obviously phenomenally talented. He was phenomenal, phenomenal then, guy, loveliest guy. Yeah, he really was. And I had a really nice talk with him. And I didn't know him very well, but I had a really yeah. nice talk to him. And then three weeks later or whatever it was, it was like, oh my yeah. God, it was like came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. So it's terribly sad. So yeah, everyone who's listening, you can get out there, buy the CD. It's all for charity. It's for a good cause. And it's fucking also fucking amazing. Best thing I've ever, no offense, nice, but <laughs> best I've ever had the, the pleasure of being on and in a record store and doing live. Just, just. Yeah, what a talent. Yeah, anybody in the Bristol area, get down to Black City. and uh, Get down to Black City Records, buy yourself yeah. a coffee. Yeah, we've got a great fucking scene in Bristol, actually. Um, it's just, you know, with, uh, with, with the Black City Records, which is the West Country's only metal-only record store and probably one of the only few in the country. There's two, I think. That's proper record store, proper old school. Lovely, go in there like... Well, we've we sort, of, we, we yeah. sort of got a metal record show in Margate, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what some nice things is. It's, it's pretty much a metal record shop. Cool. Yeah. So there's that. And then then literally just around the corner, like one minute walk from Black City Records is the Griffin, which is like a metal pub, metal and real ale, you know, which is basically my idea of heaven. Great combination, yeah. Um, the epicenter of the metal scene here, isn't it? It's great. Fucking brilliant, and it's really small. It's just like downstairs, or you know, the ground floor is like the is like the pub, but then upstairs is this little venue. But they managed to get big band, or not big as in you know Motley Crue, but big, big, bigish, extreme metal bands playing, and it's just fucking. And we've played there a bunch of times together and and separately, and it's always full. And it's just because it only needs like thirty. A great vibe. The atmosphere. It needs like thirty people in there, and it feels fucking full and really pumping, <laughs> you know. So it's just it's it's fucking it's wicked. So Bristol's yeah, the Bristol scene's in really good shape at the moment. There's a bunch of really cool bands. It's really supportive. Everyone really sort of it's just a great community, you know. Well, we'll yeah. um we'll we'll be down in October for municipal waste and a bit of uh, and we a will. bit of retail therapy as well. So you know we will, and we're having beers. Yeah, it's going to be a messy weekend. <laughs> but guys, um, thanks loads for coming on. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been great to hear you know all the stories behind the songs and and where we're going. And yeah, I'll say it again, fucking just go and listen to it. It's free. It's on fucking streaming sites. Go and check it out. It's 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 a fucking it's a great EP. So thank you. Um, thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with um, a, a, a a different kind of uh, a guest as as wallowing are joining us um not really sure what to expect hopefully they they talk like normal people and it's not just bleeps and noises some kind of alien fucking being i got <laughs> no idea what to expect but i'm really looking forward to that one because earth reaper is one of my favorite albums of this year so 
Yeah, well, they've, and they've got a connection with Bristol as well, right? Because it was the with, Bristol. With Waterstones, which is, is, is how I discovered them in the first place. This fucking video on, on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, Waterstones, maddest thing I've ever seen. Me too. Did you see well, that? It's fucking unbelievable. I've been, they did it again a couple of weeks ago as well. Did they? In Bristol? Yeah. Yeah, in Bristol. Yeah. So I've been badgering them for ages to get on because I want to just talk to them about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they finally given in. And uh, and in some form, human or otherwise, they'll be on with us next week. So, yeah, uh, look forward to that. Um, until then, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you then. Stay metal.